guest speaker today, it's our dear friend, Pastor Gary Ward, who's uh, been the pastor at Living Word Church uh, since about 1980 and recently just passed the baton. And as part of the MHK prayer movement, we thought it'd be great to hear from another pastor in town. And Pastor Gary is the one that I thought of. And I, I just want to say a little bit, he, when we first moved here with the, the dream of starting a church and the campus ministry at K-State, I, start, I asked around and found that there was a group of pastors that prayed together couple times a week. And Gary is actually the one who really is, and, and Carolyn, his wife, actually, were really involved in coordinating that and keeping that going. And I can tell you, I missed a few of those, but I don't think there was ever one that I was at that Pastor Gary wasn't at, except he was out of town. And not only that, but he, every time I'm around him, he's always full of joy, full of life, full of hope. He's a person who refuses to let circumstances affect his emotions or his life, but is always looking to who God is and what God's Word says. And even among pastors, he's always the guy that's always kind of calling people up to trust God in a way that, that, is, that is going beyond where we're currently at. And we, well, I'm just so excited to have him here today. Um, he's going to be talking about expanding the borders of our expectation. And I really want to encourage us to open up our hearts and listen. I believe God has something for us this morning that can, can bring us into a whole new place in our life and our, our relationship with him and our experience of life. And so let's give a hand of welcome to Pastor Gary Ward, and he's going to open the word of God to us. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. You are a blessed church. You know that? Is, you got any sound on here? You are a blessed church. I'm going to try it one more time. You are a blessed church. You got Pastor Jonathan and Reagan as your pastors. You are a blessed church. Praise God. Listen, I've got some news for you this morning. I don't know whether you're even going to believe it or not with all the crud and the corruption going on in the world, but God is fixing to bring revival to our city. I said God is bringing revival to our city. Now, do you want to know when? I don't know. <laughs> Soon, I pray. But I've, I've got it in my heart. And now that I don't have the responsibility, per se, of caring for a single church, I'm praying that God will open up some opportunities that I can encourage the rest of the body of Christ. Because we are, you are, a part of something much bigger than, than Bluemont Church. You're part of the body of Christ. And that God has some things for us. And actually, you, you all preached part of the message this morning with that opening song, you know, and, and some of the comments that Pastor Jonathan made. And, and I just want to say we respect Jonathan and Reagan so much in Living Wood Church at, at Bluemont Church. Well, both of them. <laughs> both of them. But uh, I, I want to start off by saying two things. And, and I think Pastor Jonathan mentioned this. I don't know where you are, really are as a church. I don't know how many you know, signs and wonders and miracles and things you've experienced as a church body. Maybe none. Maybe it happens every Sunday. So- it doesn't matter where you are. God has much, much more for you. He, you know, he, I mean, talk about a tip of an iceberg. Talk about just scratching the surface. It's not proper grammar, but I would say you ain't seen nothing yet. What God wants to do. And what I want to share with you this morning is just... Uh, a few things, uh, 
to encourage you. And I pray that everything I say will bring glory to God. First thing I say is, don't, and this is kind of an overused cliche, but don't ever try to put God in a box. He doesn't do well in a box. He's creative. He wants to move about as His will. And I want to share some things with you this morning that I hope will be encouraging. The other thing I would say to you is that everything you learn, everything you do, everything you experience, base it on the Word of God. If, listen, if it's in here, go for it. If it's not, leave it alone. That's pretty simple. God has more for us. Now, the starting point for each individual, and everything I'm going to say this morning is to, to show you some principles for individuals and churches. But the starting point for what God is fixing to do is wherever you are right now. And to encourage some of you. We've got a lot of young folks in here this morning. Maybe some of you haven't been walking with the Lord too, too long. Maybe some of you have been for years, but you've never really experienced some of the kinds of things that God has for you. So I'm going to share a couple of three personal testimonies with you. Because when I first went into the ministry nearly 40 years ago, I told the Lord that I will never preach on something that I've not experienced. I will never preach on forgiveness until I've made sure that I've got all unforgiveness out of my heart. So I want you to see that I'm, uh, I'm going to share some things with you. And, and, and the, the advantage, I guess, of having somebody local is, you know, you see things on television or something, and you, you hear about miracles and so forth, and you say, well, yeah, that's great. I'd like to believe it, but I don't know these people. Are they telling the truth? Or are they exaggerating or what? I'm going to be telling you some stories about people right here in Manhattan, Kansas, that shop in the same place as you do. You probably know some of them. I'll not call them by name. But this is going to be very real. But to encourage you, uh, before we came into the pastorate, I, I taught high school biology at Manhattan High School for 18 years. During the academic year, and then during the summer, I was a National Park uh, seasonal ranger naturalist. And I'm going to share a couple of stories with you. Back in those days, before we came into the ministry, so you won't think what I'm going to be sharing with you is just some pastoral anointing. I'm going to be talking about the believer's anointing. doesn't matter what office of ministry you're in. We were in a church for several years here in Manhattan. I won't name it. Uh, they didn't believe in, <laughs> I don't know what they believed in, not much of anything. But certainly things I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, they didn't believe in. I, I guess they didn't. They never talked about Don't you talk about things that you believe in? They never talked about these things. But Carolyn and I decided we'd get into the Word of God and begin to learn. We knew that God had more for us. And so we began to find out there were things such as healing in the Bible. That Jesus went about teaching in the synagogues and going about all the cities, healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. That was new for us. Nothing was talked about that in that church. But we saw in some other parachurch meetings, some full gospel meetings, a couple of women at different times got healed of very severe back problems. And we thought, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to this. So Carolyn says... We were in that church. She said, Gary, you need to go over and you need to pray for Larry because I've heard that he's got really severe back problems and, and it's causing him all kinds of problems. You need to go pray. For I said, honey, wait a minute. We're not there yet. Uh, no, no, I'm not ready for that. No, you really, you really you need to go pray for Larry. And she just kept in her, in her sweet way, but she just came, okay, okay, finally, just to get her off my back. I'll go. So I drove over to his house and went up and his port, knocked very lightly on the door, hoping he wouldn't come. I didn't know what I was doing. And that we were just learning about some things. And I thought, well, 
Maybe I need to knock a little louder, so I knocked a little louder. Occasionally at home, I turned, I saw, I saw a doorbell, and I thought, well, if she finds out there was a doorbell, I didn't ring it, I'm in trouble. So I rang the bell, and it didn't come. Okay, I'm free. Got in the car, going to go home, tell her, honey, I tried, but it didn't work. And, and I, I drove this little ways, and I heard, I don't know where it came from, but I didn't at that time, didn't know where it came from. It said, turn and go down the alley. Well, what's that? Turn and go down the alley. The third time I heard it turn and go down the alley, I turned and went down the alley, and you're ahead of me now, aren't you, on the story? There was Larry out in his backyard by the alley. That's why he didn't hear me at the door. Well, he looked up and saw me, so I'd had it. I had to, you know. Okay, so I told him what I was there for. I said, would you like for me to pray for you? And he said, yes. So he said, let's go inside. Sat in a chair. And I said something. I don't know. I didn't know where it came from. I know now it was the Holy Spirit. But I said, have you ever, uh, do you have one leg that's shorter than the other? He said, oh, my, yes. I wear a great big lift in one of my shoes. Oh, okay. Well, let me pray for you. And I just began to pray. Now, those days I thought you had to close your eyes to pray. I found out later. But you can keep your eyes wide open. See what God's doing. You miss that? Because I was down there praying with my eyes closed, and I heard two people crying. It was he and his wife. And I looked up at his wife. What are you, what's going on? She said, when you began to pray, I saw his leg grow out. And I said, well, that's cool. And <laughs> so, so I asked him, what's, what's going on? And he said, he said, I don't know. He was just crying like a baby. But he said, when you began to pray, he said, there was something. I don't know what it was. Something came over me and came through my, my head and through my body, and it just washed through me. And, and as it went out my leg, I felt it grow out. And he said, I've never felt so clean in all my life. I have never felt so clean in all my life. I didn't know that he was an alcoholic and God delivered him right there on the spot. And his leg grew out. He said, now I've got a problem. I've got to go get new shoes. <laughs> well, I'll share that with you because no matter where you are, step out. Press in. We're talking about expanding the borders of your expectation, your faith. God will take wherever you are, and if you're walking in love and you're trying to do what the Word of God says, He'll make up the difference from where you are and where you need to be. And you'll learn from every situation. You'll learn things. Now, about that same time, we got a, I, I was still just a high school biology teacher. And is that my water there? <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we got a call really late one night. Thank you. And, and the caller, the, the voice was garbled, and, and I couldn't understand, and, and, and I thought it was one of my students, you know, a prank call or something. And Carolyn went up this before cell phones. Tells you how long ago that was. And she was upstairs on the extension and uh, was listening to the conversation. And, and uh, I, I finally said, I'm, look, I'm just going to hang up on you if you can't talk so I can understand you. I'm going to hang up on you. She came flying down the stairs. She discerned that something was wrong. She said, don't hang up. Keep talking. Keep talking. This was late at night. It was dark out. She flew out, ran down the street, and it was a block away before she found a house with a light on. She could go in and get the telephone. She called the fire department. said, I think we got a problem. Can you trace the phone call and send an officer over? Don't know what's going on. She come running back. Well, while she was coming back, someone came into the room of the caller and said something that let me know who it was. It wasn't anybody we knew, but we knew of. And so we went over to this person's house. And we went inside, and there was this, there was another family member, but there was this woman just as drunk as could be. I mean, she was a mess. And uh, we looked at her, and at about that time, a police car drove up. And Carolyn went out and told the officer, we, you know, we're here to help, and you don't have to come in. And he was glad to go. They don't, they don't like to deal with stuff like that. 
And, and so while she was out there talking to the officer, I took the woman. She could hardly stand. I took her by the shoulders. I could see she was drunk. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of alcoholism, come out of her. And then I realized um, that's all I'd learned. I didn't know what to do next. So I just let go, and she dropped in a hump on the floor. <laughs> didn't know what else to do. Carolyn came back in, sat on the floor, put her arm around her, and told her that we loved her and said, God loves you. The next day, she either called or Carolyn called her or one or the other, and we had a little conversation. We found out some interesting things. Number one, she said, the only thing I remember from last night was somebody put their arms around me and said they loved me and that God loved me. See, the Bible said love abides. That remained. She didn't think, she didn't know anything about what I did with it. But we did find out that she too was an alcoholic and she was delivered from alcoholism. That's all I wanted. I, I, I'd read in the Bible, we're to cast out demons. These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall cast out demons. They'll lay hands on the sick and all this stuff in the last of the you know, Gospel of Mark. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and read the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a piece of paper, or I suppose you young people take your whatever electronic thing, but I'll, I'll just say take a piece of paper and a pen and a pencil, and as you go through the Gospels, write down everything that Jesus did, except proclaim the Gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Don't write those down, but write down everything else that he did. And if you don't have any lead in your pencil or ink on your pen, it'll probably make a little difference because there's not much else you can, you can write. Maybe you've never noticed that. But everything he did, every miracle that occurred, you know. You say, well, what about feeding the multitudes? Why did he have to feed the multitudes? Because he was having a healing crusade right here on the mountainside. All the people were coming to get healed. Every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. And so that's what he did. Now, here's something I want you to really hear. Oh, my. Um, time's going fast. And as soon as my time is up, I'm going to stop, you know, wherever I am. And uh, uh, here's what I want you to hear. When it comes, I'm just going to use healing as an example, okay? There are some people that have formulas. You've got to do these five things. You've got to follow this formula. Well, I'm not going to criticize that, but I want you to know that God is creative and God will move as he will. You see, when it comes to, to revival, for example, there, there are two extreme viewpoints. One, one extreme viewpoint is if we just set up the right programs, if we just do the right things and everything, God will have to, you know, really move. And the other end of the, the, other end of the spectrum is, oh, no, God is sovereign. He'll do whatever he wants to do, and if he wants to bring revival, he will. If he will. Listen, there's a place somewhere in between, and I believe it's here. This is just my opinion. I believe that there is something we can do. And that is to provide an environment, provide an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move freely in. We, we restrict him as individuals, as churches sometimes. We restrict him. You know, and if we, and if we so have everything, you know, just down to the minute and everything, he's got no place in there. But provide an atmosphere. God doesn't need a formula to do what he wants to do. And I want to share several examples. We had a man in the church that had, for about 25 years, he'd had extreme body pain and some physical afflictions. And one morning, Sunday morning, there was such an anointing on worship. He was standing there worshiping the Lord, and God healed him. And months later, he said, I have not had a pain since that day. I'd lived my life in pain. In worship, nobody prayed for him. Nobody anointed him with oil. Nobody laid hands on him. Nobody rebuked the devil, anything like that. On the other hand, sometimes God heals through prayer. 
We had a woman come. She was pregnant. She had a tumor growing inside of her abdomen next to the growing baby the size of a softball, a grapefruit. The doctors didn't know what to do because it, it would hurt the baby. And she asked for prayer, and somebody in the church prayed for her. She went back to the doctor. They could not find through all the imaging and everything they did. There was no tumor there. Jesus responded through prayer. We had a young military guy. He thought he was going to have to, he wanted to be a career. He, he thought he was going to have to get out of the army because when he started coming to church, he had a, had a big leg brace on. He'd injured his knee. And, and we found out later the doctors had told him that his knee was literally disintegrated. He asked for prayer. He was prayed for that Sunday after that Sunday morning. That Sunday afternoon, he took his brace off. He was running around the yard playing ball with his little children. And he stayed in the army. Many months later, he was sharing a testimony in a, in a church in Alaska how he'd gotten healed here in Manhattan, Kansas. And it just so happened a member of our church had a daughter that was in Alaska. She happened to go to that church and heard the testimony. And uh, so sometimes it's through prayer. You know, people in the church. It's not the pastor praying. I mean, the pastor can pray. I know, I know these two will pray for you. But, but it's, you can pray for one another. You see, these, these signs will follow those who believe. Not, not just, not just, well, and sometimes it's through testimonies. There's power in testimony. We had a lady get up one time. She had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And that she'd had it for 22 years. And she was healed in the church service. She gave her testimony. Testimonies are important. They encourage people's faith to rise up. We had another woman in the church two weeks later. She came and said, that's, that's kind of interesting because I heard that testimony. So-and-so got healed of IBS. I've had the same thing for 12 years, and I got healed. Two or three years, two or three weeks later, I'm trying to talk too fast because I won't get a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> uh, another, another couple of weeks, another lady came up and she said, I had IBS for eight years. And when I heard those two testimonies, I said, Lord, if you'll do it for them, you'll do it for me. You're not a respecter of person. You don't pray favors. And she was healed, three of them. One of my favorites, there was a little boy was born to club feet, severe club feet. For two years, the doctors tried to do everything they could, they could do for him, and, and it was to no avail. They finally were going to send him to, to a big city two and a half hours away from here and uh, see if a specialist could give any advice on it. His little grandmother, she was a very young grandmother, but his grandmother had heard a testimony of someone that got healed of club's feet because that person had heard a testimony of somebody that got their club feet healed. And, she, and her faith was so stirred up when she pushed those borders back, you know, of expectation. And so before they, they took this little boy to the doctor, she, she just laid hands on him, said in the name of, I don't know what she, she prayed the name of Jesus, I don't know what she prayed. The time they got him to the doctor, two and a half hours later, they stood the little boy in front of the doctor, and the doctor looked at him and said, what's he here for? His feet are completely straight. We've got the before and the after pictures of it uh, hanging on the church out there along with dozens and dozens of others. But sometimes it's through testimony that people can be healed. Sometimes people are healed just by the revelation of God's Word. You know, you can listen to the Word of God, you know, Sunday after Sunday and everything. But, but after a while, you, you begin to hear it not in your head, but it, it gets in your heart, becomes revelation. When it becomes revelation, it becomes manifestation. We had a series of meetings one time, Sunday through Wednesday night, and the last time, last evening, we talked about healing. And there was a lady from another town came to the church because somebody invited her, came that night, and, uh, and uh, at the end of the teaching, we uh, invited people to come forward if they wanted somebody to pray for them. And some woman in the church prayed for her. She shared with us later. And I, and I never quite figured this out, but she said for 30 years, I didn't think she was that old. She, it must have started really early in her life. She said for 30 years she had degenerative discs in her back. 
She'd had five major, major back surgeries. She'd been on, I believe it was 19 different kinds of medication, not all at the same time, but just, they were trying you know, one thing after another. Nothing brought her relief. But she was sitting on the front row right where Reagan is sitting, and when she came forward and the woman prayed for her, she was instantly healed. She went back to her doctor that week, and he did all kinds of examinations on her and everything. He was astounded. He was amazed. He said, I don't know how this could have happened. But you know, with God, all things are possible. And uh, he ended up taking her off all the medications. Within a few days, she went to a mission trip over in Africa and slept on the ground and did all kinds of stuff, and she was healed because the revelation of God's Word, it became alive. One Sunday afternoon, we got a, I got a phone call. And, and see, this, these things can happen in the church. We call this the church. You are the church, and you may be out there somewhere or out there somewhere. They can happen wherever you are. I got a phone call, and, and this lady, very mature lady, she said, Pastor, I, I just need some help. Uh, she said, before I got saved, I had an abortion. And uh, she said, every, every time I hear somebody talk about abortion, every time I hear the word, grief just comes all over me. I can't, I can't stand it anymore. And so I shared a few things with her. I shared a couple of scriptures. And Isaiah 53, it says, Surely, surely, he himself bore our griefs and our, and, and our sorrows he carried. And, and I just encouraged with that. And I said, just, you know, he, he did that at the cross for you. He's taken them. We talked a little bit. I hung up, and Carolyn was listening across the room. She said, who was that, and what was that about? And I told her, and I said, I don't think I really helped her much. I just kind of gave her some scriptures. And later that week, the lady was talking to her, and she said, you know, I, I felt the same way. She said, when I hung up, I thought, Pastor wasn't much help. All he did was give me a couple, three scriptures, you know. But she said, I knew what that 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 scripture said in Isaiah 53. And, and she said, but for some reason, I went over and sat down, and I, and I looked at it again, and she said it was literally like somebody shined a spotlight on it, and it leapt off, leapt off the page and into my heart. And she said, I experienced a peace that I've never experienced in all my life. And a couple of days later, a young boy came up and asked her some questions about abortion. And when she got through, later that day, she realized, oh, the sorrow and the grief is gone. See, Jesus healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Physical, mental, emotional, all kinds. And he wants to do the same thing through his body now. See, what, what we as, as, as Christians sometimes do, we ask God to do everything he's already equipped us to do. I'll bet, how many of you are students? How many of you have ever been a student? Would you, did you ever give thought of asking your teacher to do your homework for you and your class projects? Any of you ever play football? You ever think about asking your coach to go out there and play on the field for you? No. They equipped you. They were training you. They taught you. And it's the same way with so many things that Christians are praying about today. God is saying, look, I've already given you the, the authority and the power that you need to carry out. You all know, don't you, in, in, uh, in the book of John, you can look all this stuff up as you're going back through the Gospels again. Jesus said, he who believes in me shall do what? The same works that I do, and even greater ones. What did he do? He proclaimed the kingdom of God, healed the sick, cast out demons. You read through Matthew and Mark, and you'll find out there was a place there where he sent the twelve out into the cities ahead of him with instructions, go proclaim the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons. Later he sent out seventy 
or 72, depending on what version of the Bible you're looking at. He sent the same instructions. And then he said before he ascended back to heaven to those that follow him, these signs will follow those that believe. See, he has equipped us with, with his authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. Now think about that. If I've got all of something, how much have you got? Nothing. The devil has no authority upon this earth against God's people. Jesus said all authority has been given unto him, but then he deputized us. He delegated his authority to us. He came, the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil, sin, Satan, and sickness. He came to destroy the devil, his, his works. And, and then he, he, he told the people, he said, I'm sending you out just as my father sent me. See, he has empowered you. He's given you the authority to do the very works that you read about him doing. And you see the apostles doing. Just a couple of other things. There's also an, another way. I mean, what I'm trying to get you to see is that God can, can bring healing or any of his manifestations any way that he wants to, if we'll just be open to it. Uh, the word of knowledge, one of the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit you read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. Thank you. One of them is a word of knowledge. That's when the Holy Spirit gives you information about a person or situation that you have no other way of knowing. Example, there was a young woman came to us, and, and she started pouring out her problems and situations of life she was dealing with. And I'm just sitting there with my head spinning, and I'm thinking, Lord, where do we even begin? I mean, I've never heard anybody, one individual with so many problems. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit said it all is rooted in the fact that she was sexually assaulted and abused and molested when she was 14 years old. So I stopped her in the midst of a sentence, and I said, let me, let me just ask you something. Did anything significant happen in your life when you were 14 years old? And it was literally like a dam broke. I mean, the tears began to flow, and she shared that she'd been sexually assaulted by several relatives when she was 14 years old. You see, when the Holy Spirit manifests himself through one of his gifts or manifestations, it saves you a whole lot of counseling time. It saves you a whole lot of hitting dead ends. It saves you a whole lot of time and energy when you get to the root of the problem. Everybody's problems that you deal with has a root. It's like a dandelion. You ever try to get rid of dandelions? Chop them, spray them, stomp on them, do whatever you want. The only way you get rid of one is what? If you get the root out. And people will come to you with problems. I mean, they're dealing with this, and they're dealing with that, and they're dealing with that. But if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to work through, no, he won't do it every time, but as he will, as he helps you, he will show you exactly what the root of it is. You can grub that out and help them. So now we had something we could deal with. One time a man called, wanted to know if he could come over to our house. And uh, again, late at night. I don't know why things happen late at night so much, but... But I said, sure, come on over. And he was an administrator in a nearby community in his educational system. And he, and he said, Pastor, he said, I, 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 just, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't make decisions. I can't focus. I'm confused. And, and I don't know what's going on. And, and again, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. He said, rebuke the spirit of death, uh, the fear of death within him. So I said, can, can I just pray for you, brother? And he said, well, yeah. He was sitting on a couch and. I went over and laid hands on him, and I said, I rebuke the spirit of the fear of death to uh, command you to come out of him in Jesus' name. And he just sunk back into the couch. His eyes got wide, and he said, how did you know? I've never told my wife. I've never told anybody. I've been afraid of dying. I said, well, of course I didn't know, but the Holy Spirit knows everything about you, and that's why he brought you here so you can get set free tonight. 
you see, God can bring healing in so many different ways. There's no formula. There's no, there's no five steps or ten steps or, or, or something like that, that that you have to follow through. Remember one time, sometimes intercessory prayer for people that aren't even on the scene. We had a cell group, a home fellowship group one time called and asked if Carolyn and I would join their group and pray over their house. They had two little twin daughters had rheumatoid arthritis and extreme pain all the time. They'd been to all the clinics in the country that they could think of, and they, they would wake up every, every night several times screaming in pain. The little girls were not home that night, but we went through the house and, and just rebuked every evil spirit that had ever been there and, and pled the blood of Jesus, you know, over and everything. And, and, and I always remember laying hands on their little twin beds there, and, and we prayed for those girls. Several days later, the mom called, and she said that was the first night when the girls came home. That was the first night they slept without screaming out in pain. Long story short, fast forward, they were completely healed of that. The faith of a child. Uh, remember Jesus said we ought to have faith of a child? Mom brought a little girl to me. She must have been about 17 year old, seven years old, seven years old, this little girl. And um, still trying to talk to you fast because I'm just about out of time. Uh, she, she, she brought a little girl to me and said she has extreme allergy to, to nuts and fruit. She had to carry an EpiPen. You've been hearing that on the news lately. Had to carry an EpiPen everywhere she went because if she'd ever accidentally eat a, uh, another fruit, it could, it could be fatal. It could kill her. And she'd have to get an injection. And uh, she just wanted prayer. And I looked at that sweet little girl and I said, do you, do you believe that Jesus can heal you? She said, yes. Do you believe that he will heal you? She said, Yes. I said, let's pray, and we prayed. And then I asked her, do you believe that Jesus did heal you? And she just smiled and said, yes. Well, praise God. Now, listen, that was a different situation. See, you learn something from every one of these things. Now, if you came to me and you said, oh, Pastor, I've got, got a dislocated shoulder. Would you pray for you know? And I, and I pray for her, and I said, now move it around. And you go, ah, it still hurts. I'd pray for you again. Pray some more. But I couldn't give that little girl a bowl of nuts. I thought the Holy Spirit was telling me that her faith had healed her. But I wasn't willing to risk it. And, uh, I you know, it could have killed her. They were a military family. They moved away shortly thereafter. We got a long email from the mom in a few weeks. It was so thrilling. She'd take the little girl to the doctor for a complete examination. Oh, the little girl also had asthma. The doctor, after all the tests and everything, said she has no asthma. She has no indication that she's ever had asthma. It must have been a misdiagnosis. Do I have to tell you that a mother knows if her little girl's got asthma? It wasn't a misdiagnosis. She was healed. And he said, we've done all the allergy tests that we can. She has no allergies. So that night, the little girl sat down and ate a bowl of fruit, and she was so happy. She said, I've been wanting to do this for so long. We should have the faith of a child. How many times in the Bible when Jesus healed somebody, he said, your faith has made you well. See, faith and expectation, we don't have time to get into this. Pastor Jonathan probably been teaching you on it. It's very similar. You know, there's a lot of expectation in real Bible faith. Let me share one more story with you. Well, before I share that story, I'll say something else. All these different ways that God can heal. One Sunday morning, we were having communion. And I, I encourage the people that when they... Uh, we did it different ways. Sometimes we'd pass it around. This time we had it set up at the tables, I think, and had the families go to the table. And I said, this time when you partake of the elements, if there's something you really need, put your faith out there. If you need a healing, receive it as you're really thinking about the body and the blood of Christ and what he's done for you at the cross. 
You see, part of our salvation, you know the word of salvation means more than just eternal life in heaven. Just look up the words in the Greek or the Hebrew. They mean deliverance, healing, uh, salvation, rescue, all of those things. Those aren't things that we'll need in heaven. They're things for earth, uh, on earth right now. And, and anyway, so the following Sunday, this little preteen boy had scoliosis, curvature of the spine. And he said, when I took of the elements of communion, he said, I was healed. And he was so happy, he just bent over, you know, touching the floor several times because he couldn't do that before. So that's just a different way. Now, one, one last way I'll share with you on the healing. And I'll go back to a personal story, if you don't mind. Several years ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit was, I, I really don't need that water, but it's so good. It's just, you, got, you, got, you got good water here. Mm. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to go minister about forgiveness to your mother. Have you ever heard the lie that you can't really minister to your own family members? You know, they won't receive. Have you ever heard that? Don't believe it. And so I called her. I said, Mom, can I come down Saturday? I want to talk to you. And she said, yeah, you'd be welcome to come. And so I went down. We sat across the room. I said, Mom, this, this was about probably, what, 20 years ago, Carolyn, something like that, maybe. And, uh, and uh, I said, I want to share something. I said, ever since I was a little boy, I've known that you have had sickness after disease after affliction. You've had so many surgeries. I know the doctor said they put it, should have just put a zipper on you in the first place. And you were written up in medical journals at least twice with very real things, but they didn't know what it was. You've been, you have one thing after another all of your life, and I'm here to tell you that there's a way out of all of this. And I began to share with it. I said, a lot of people have hurt you, including your own children, my brothers and sisters. You've been hurt by a lot of people. And you, you've been carrying inside some, some anger, some bitterness, some unforgiveness. And I shared with her about what the Bible says, that we are to forgive others as Christ forgave us. You know, read there in Ephesians. And, uh, and I shared with her, um, you know, that he didn't feel like going to the cross. He knew what crucifixion was like. You know, that's what they did to common criminals and things. He knew the horror that was involved. He asked the Father if there'd be some other way. But, but, but he didn't feel like forgiving me. That means if, I'd have, if I'm to forgive others as he forgave me, I don't even have to feel like it. I don't have to feel like forgiving that person or people that hurt me. He forgave me while I was still in sin. That means I can forgive that person even if they're still wrong. I was not worth his forgiveness. So I'm not even saying that they're worthy. I would just say, to, the, to not to that person necessarily, but I would say to God, I forgive that person or those people in the same way that Jesus forgave in obedience to the Father. He's instructed us in, in His Word. For 45 minutes, I shared with her. She just sitting there on the couch crying. She had a big old glass of iced tea. She drank it, crying and so forth. And, and, uh, and I said, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I'm taking, I'm taking up my whole Saturday, driving clear down here to Wichita. She, she's not even getting it. She's not even understanding what I'm trying to tell her, I don't think. And after 45 minutes, I said, Mom, that's all I got to share with you. She said, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. She went to the bathroom. My dad and I sat there and we waited. For a long time, we waited. And a thought came into my mind. You brought her under condemnation. And she's in there taking medications because she was on several right now trying to commit suicide. You better get in there right now. Yeah. 
And then, praise God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me just immediately what the Word of God says, take every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. And I did that, and I instantly knew that that thought was not from God. So we waited, and we waited. And after a while, we heard the doorknob turn to the bathroom. And uh, I'm sure my dad and I must have let out a sigh of relief. This woman that went in there with tears came out with a glow on her face. She came across the room and hugged me and said, Thank you, son, for coming to share with me today. I didn't have to ask. I knew. She was in there forgiving people. She did get it. She was in there forgiving people. And had I have gone in there and interrupted, I don't know what would happen. But I'm telling you the truth. For the next 15 years of this woman's life, she was not sick. I'm going to say there was once, maybe twice, when the 24-hour flu went through this com- apartment complex they lived in, that for a day, 24 hours, she felt kind of rotten. But basically for 15 years, the rest of her life, she was not sick anymore. It was through forgiveness. And I could tell you a whole bunch of other forgiveness stories, but I'm, I'm running short here on time. But I, 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 just want to, I just want to encourage you this morning. Now, maybe, maybe this isn't anything new for you. And, and please, please hear me when I say I share these stories with you only to give God the glory and to encourage you if it's any encouragement at all to you. Wherever you are, and maybe you've got these kinds of things happening here all the time. Maybe you do some of the time. Maybe you've never. I don't know. It doesn't matter where you are as a church or an individual. Wherever you are, God will take you right now. And if you will expand those borders of your faith and expectation, get into the Word of God and find out what it says and say, I'm going to do everything what the Word says. And if God says I can do this, I can do and And begin to, 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 to go. Because I believe that Bluemont Church is going to be a part of a great revival that's coming to our city. And uh, you can be a part of these kinds of things. And, and so I just, I just want to encourage you. Uh, in that to, to step out there are two things required for a church to really begin to move into the things of the Holy Spirit into the, the miraculous the signs and the wonders and that's to have pastoral leadership that's willing to take the church there and I know that you've got the pastors that have a heart they want everything that God has for you they love God and they love you but the second thing no matter how much, no matter how intense the pastor may want to, to bring his people into some further revelation, some further experiences with the Lord, if the congregation is not willing to go there, it won't work. It has to be a combined effort of the leadership and the congregation working together, supporting one another, believing together, finding out what the Word says, and stretching out and expanding your borders of expectation and faith. Don't be satisfied. Don't be comforted anymore with wherever you are right now. I'm going to ask that if any of you here would like to press on, that you believe that God has much more for you and that you really have a desire to expand your borders, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. If you don't care, just stay seated. That's okay, but if you really want to. Hallelujah. Can somebody say praise the Lord?
Hallelujah. I want to just pray for all of you, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Jonathan, and he can conclude the service. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I lift this congregation, this church up to you, Lord, and I pray that your anointing will come forth upon these people, God. They're standing before you with a universal sign of surrender with upraised hands, and they're saying, God, we want more of you. We want more of you. We want more of you. And Lord, I know that you have so much more for all of us. And God, they're saying we're, we're willing to expand the borders of our faith and our expectation. We're willing to stand out, and if it's, if it's in the Word of God, we're going to go for it. And if it's not, we're not going to mess with it. And God, I ask you to bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, God. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Pastor Jonathan, it's, thank you for the honor of being able to come and share with you this morning. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. I, I don't really know what to say, except, man, I was soaking that in, and I, I, I know we were too. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of the testimonies of the seed of God's Word and how it comes to fruit in our lives and the miracles God continues to do, the breakthroughs He continues to do. Um, and that was very clear. Let's keep being willing and open and stepping out in faith. So thank you so much, uh, Pastor Gary and Carolyn. It's so good to so appreciate you coming and giving of yourselves from your heart. And we, we want to be part of everything that God's doing. I know that's our heart. Um, let's, uh, we're going to worship God with one more song and just continue trusting God.